I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to our number two of the expanded Inside Sources. This is Todd Weiler. In from in for Boyd Matheson. It's great to be with you this afternoon. Boyd just sent me a text from where his hidden undisclosed vacation site. I think he's a little nervous uh, that maybe you know maybe maybe he won't be missed as much as he hopes. But don't worry, Boyd. Uh, no one's coming after your job. You do a great job. It's time for us to dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, explore a little wider, and challenge our assumptions a little stronger and disagree a little better. So let's begin. Um, Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Uh, The Biden administration is set to begin evacuating Afghan translators and interpreters who helped the U.S. military over the past 20 years. Miles Hansen, president and CEO of Utah's World Trade Center, joined us this morning to discuss Utah's obligation to help these people and the critical role that they've played in aiding our troops and diplomats overseas. So, Miles Hansen, we'll play clip number one. We've had thousands of interpreters in Afghanistan supporting the U.S. military, U.S. diplomats now for, for almost 20 years. And with the United States pulling out of Afghanistan, we're seeing the Taliban making you know significant gains in control in different parts of the country. And so we have a moral obligation as a country to do everything we possibly can to help these interpreters and their families get out of Afghanistan. They've been working for us as something that if, if, if they happen to be living in areas that the Taliban take over, you know, they would be just being left uh, to be slaughtered, as President Bush put it uh, just yesterday. Yeah, so these are the people on the ground who have been assisting the U.S. military in their efforts. Very important. And uh, reports, I'm not an expert on Afghanistan people. I'm not going to pretend to be, but reports that I've heard this week is that the Taliban has already taken back about 25 to 30 percent of the country. And we haven't even officially left yet. I mean, I think September 11th is the um, the target date for President Biden. And very few people expect that the current government is going to be able to hold on to power and control once the Americans pull out. And quite frankly, a lot of people are questioning why have we invested so much time, resources and American blood, to be frank, um, in this country, only if we're going to just cede control back over the Taliban. But the very, very least we can do is to get people out that we know will be murdered uh, the second we leave. And so this is a this is an important um, mission that's going on right now. So in this next cut, uh, Miles is going to explain why the Afghanistan translators have been so important to uh, the U.S. in the uh, in our efforts in the country and why they deserve our help now. These interpreters would uh, were, were critical to uh, supporting our troops and our diplomats and government officials in Afghanistan. They were the ones, uh, many people serving the U.S. military or even at the U.S. Embassy may not speak 
uh, you know, Dari or Pashto, the, the two predominant languages in Afghanistan. And so these interpreters speak English very, very well. They speak uh, Dari or Pashto or other local dialects. And they were, the, in some ways, the voice pieces to, to, to communicate for our troops and our diplomats to be able to engage with their Afghan counterparts. And so they were right there uh, living with our troops, uh, serving alongside of them in harm's way. Uh, many were killed uh, during their various uh, tours of duty. And so these are people who have uh, fought alongside us, bled alongside of us, and, and were critical to enabling our ability to operate in that country. You know, a lot of Americans are questioning, why don't we just leave a presence in Afghanistan? I mean, we did it in South Korea after the Korean conflict. And if you think, oh, well, that was different. No, 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 no. We were very, very unpopular for many years after the Korean conflict. But um, we helped uh, rebuild that. And now we have very strategic military uh, bases in South Korea. And they've grown into loving and respecting Americans. And we're, they're one of our strongest allies. But why, 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 cede this, can, why cede this country back to Taliban control? We know that they're not going to let women and girls get educated. We know what they're going to do. They, they haven't changed. It's not like the Taliban has evolved over the past 20 years. In this next clip from Miles Hansen, he remarks on how complicated the process is, uh, and he did applaud the Biden administration for working so quickly. The Biden administration is working very quickly, and I should applaud the Biden administration on what they're doing. There are about 18,000 applicants that are working their way through the system, and it's difficult to understand uh, exactly who these interpreters are over the past 20 years, validate the service that they've provided to our country, you know, confirm who is in their family, and then make arrangements likely for them to go to a third country to wait as they go through some of this vetting process before they come to the United States. So this is a huge undertaking that the administration is going through, and they need to continue to act with urgency so that we can fulfill this more obligation and get the, our partners and allies in Afghanistan that can no longer live there safely, you know, out of Afghanistan to a third country to be processed and then ultimately here to the United States where they have more than uh, earned uh, their uh, very warm welcome here in our country. And just to, to put a fine point on what Miles is telling us, um, I mean, it's July 14th today. So the goal is to have all of these interpreters out in the next two and a half weeks. And so um, we're going to hear this next uh, clip from, from Miles about the timing. And the fact that we're going to be getting them out by at the end of this month, I, I think is encouraging. The State Department's appointed a, 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 an ambassador-level person who served throughout the region as well as in Europe to head up this effort. And so I know that there's a lot of high-level attention and energy that, that is being put into this, which I think is great. Yeah, and so we're getting the interpreters out, but what about all the other people? What about all the people that have uh, shown support to the Americans? What's going to happen to them if the Taliban takes control? So let's go to uh, this next clip, cut number five from Miles Hansen, uh, talking about what the Afghanistan people have been through. You know, on the show, we've talked a lot about the Afghan people. And the time I spent in Afghanistan was, was absolutely phenomenal. I've had the, the honor and privilege to work with and, and associate with, with many Afghans and Throughout all this period, the, the 20 years of the U.S. combat role in Afghanistan, the upcoming chapter, which will be very difficult for the Afghan people. And before we arrived, the, the reign of terror that was the Taliban in the late 90s and then the war with the Soviet Union before that, the Afghan people have had a, a very, very difficult few decades. And to be honest, my, my heart really breaks for them. And that's why I think that uh, it is so important that we help our partners, our interpreters, get out of Afghanistan along with their families and then that we continue to do everything we can as a country to help support the Afghan government 
and the Afghan forces as they work to build a, a brighter future for the, the wonderful people of Afghanistan. I suspect President Biden is hoping to score a quick, uh, some quick brownie points with some of the, um, the, his base, his liberal base in, in the Democratic Party, and he probably will score those brownie points. But my question for you, listeners, before we go to this break is if, if we see the Taliban executing women in the street because they're educated or because they won't go back to the old ways, are Americans going to hold Joe Biden responsible for that blood uh, flowing in the streets of, 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 of Afghanistan? And I, only time will tell. So after this next break, uh, we will be... Um, We'll be coming back. We'll be talking about building a a gondola up Little Cottonwood Canyon to improve transportation. You're listening to KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.